0: In the book Atonement by Ian McEwan, a girl makes a dreadful mistake and she longs to make amends. She desperately wants a happy ending where her sins are made up for and everyone can be at one. That's literally what atonement means. It was an English word invented by the great Bible translator, William Tyndale, to capture this desire of our hearts to atone, to be at one. Is there such a thing? as atonement? What about when there has been dreadful wrongdoing and relationships have been devastated? Can we be at one again? Can an ex-offender atone for his crimes? Can a sportswoman atone for her blunder? Can a husband atone for his callous remark? If we answer yes, it's usually because we think that the, the guilty party can somehow make amends. But the Bible actually has a fresh angle on the question of atonement. The Bible says we can experience atonement, but not because we have made amends. The first mention of atonement in the Bible comes with the golden calf incident. We saw that in our video a couple of days ago. Moses ascends the mountain of God and he says this in Exodus 32 and verse 30. The next day Moses said to the people, you have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. There on top of the mountain, he asks to be blotted out of the father's book so that his people will not be blotted out. He offers himself as a substitutionary sacrifice, but the most high declines Moses offer. It's not Moses who will make such an atonement. The next time we read of atonement is in the next book of the Bible, in Leviticus. This is a book that details the regulations for tabernacle worship. Do you remember the tabernacle? The tabernacle is that great tent that models heaven and earth to the people. Forty-nine times in the book of Leviticus, the word atonement appears, and it always appears in the context of blood. You see, the tabernacle was many things. It was a portable tent, and it was the dwelling place of the glory of the Lord, and it was this multimedia gospel presentation. It was a working model of how God and humanity can meet. But there's one thing that the tabernacle definitely was. It was a slaughterhouse. How many millions of gallons of animal blood were shed at the altar? As Old Testament worshippers were shown the cost of atonement. But here is a key verse about this bloody atonement. Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, such a key uh, verse for the book of Leviticus. The Lord is speaking, he says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. You see, in these dramatizations of the future atonement, the Lord makes it clear that He gives the blood to make atonement for the sins of the people. And this is what is so different about the Lord. You see, our sin does indeed demand blood. We who dwell in sin and death, we cannot be at one with God. There is a reckoning for our sin. But the Lord does not demand our blood. Instead, He provides the blood. The blood of a substitutionary sacrifice is given to us. It's the blood of another that makes atonement. So, over and over again, the Israelites are being shown in the tabernacle, shown at the temple. They're shown what atonement means. It means listen, I am guilty, I am worthy of death, but the Lord wants to be at one with his people, so he provides the blood, he pays the cost and every worshipper at that tabernacle should have looked forward with awe and gratitude through these signs and types, through these bloody sacrifices, to the real atonement. All of this was pointing them to the time their Lord would come as a Lamb, the Lamb of God to atone for the sins of the world. In the book, Atonement, the girl, Bryony, who makes such a dreadful mistake, she longs for atonement. But in the book and in the film, Atonement is only a dream. Nothing makes amends in the end. For Ian McEwan, the author, atonement just does not happen in real life. We make mistakes, people drift apart, things disintegrate, and then we die. That's life, isn't it? Well, if you believe that, if you believe there is no such thing as atonement, it will just be a slavery in your life. Just yesterday, I spoke with a man who had scars running up his arms, and I asked him, how's the self-harm going? And he said, sometimes it gets so much, and I get so angry, I just, I just need to take it out on someone. But I figure instead of taking it out on, on an innocent person, I should just take it out on me. And I said, are you punishing yourself? He said, yes. I said, do you think there's such a thing as forgiveness? He said, some things are unforgivable. You see, that's that's the lie that will enslave you. And it is a lie. Nothing is beyond forgiveness. Nothing is beyond atonement. Because the life is in the blood. And the blood of Christ has been given to make atonement for you. So friend, you do not have to punish yourself. Christ has been punished. You don't have to draw blood. The blood of God has been shed for you. That's how Acts chapter 20, verse 28 puts it. God has provided his own blood to make atonement. Nothing is unforgivable. Nowhere is too far from the atoning love of God. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ.